Hello, this is Joel Birnbaum from Some Theatre. Thank you for tuning in to our Last Sunday podcast. What you are about to hear was recorded live at the Broadway Theatre in Saskatoon on the last Sunday of the past month. Artists were asked to respond to local, national, and international current events of the past month in whatever way they chose. Please check out the show notes for credits about the artists and information about some theatre. And visit our website at sumtheater.com. That's sumtheater.com. Thank you, and enjoy the podcast. Overture, curtain lights, this is it, last Sunday night. Current events through art, on with the show, let us start. First, does anyone have a socially distanced hug for me? Back in the winter of 99, delivering papers in the morning time. Through the snow and the rain, through the fog and the misty, well, I worked long enough till I got that T60. Singing and writing, TV down for almost everything. Chasing the drills, paying the bills, just to ramble in a rebel getting on the train. So close the lid on the box of money. Cause in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, honey, it won't be pretty getting already, taking all this stuff down to the next city, man. Well, I love to stay in check, but my beers are running low. I'm a step away, change out of these clothes. Kick it later on if you keep it on the down. Back to the stage, back it up for the next show.
Let's have another round of applause, even if you're at home, for Eric Melson live from Creative City Center in Regina. This is The Last Sunday, season four, episode three. And whether you're watching from Regina, Swift Current, North Battleford, PA, or here in Saskatoon, we're glad you're with us. It's important to stay connected during this time in any way we can. And just so you know, the applause you hear from inside the Broadway theater here is from our Some Theater team and our actors, our ranter, and our hot seat interviewee who's going to be with us shortly in the program. We're grateful to be partnering with the Broadway theater this season on the last Sunday. The Broadway, a community-owned theater space, has donated their space to us for the last Sunday. So a big thanks to the Broadway theater. And you can still applaud at home when I ask for applause. Gets the endorphins going, just feeling your hands move together. So a big round of applause for the Broadway theater. We're also grateful to be here on Treaty 6 land, the homeland of the Métis people. And if you've tuned into the last Sunday before, you know it's one of my pet peeves that land acknowledgements have kind of become like turn off your cell phones acknowledgements. So I challenge myself to say something different each time when I'm acknowledging our difficult history and our hope for living together on this land. And for me, it's very important that we think not only about the harm that's been done in the past, but about the healing that needs to happen between us as all people who want a better future living together here. And part of the way we do this is processing the world around us through things like arts and culture. And if you've joined us for last Sundays before in seasons past or episodes past, welcome back. We're glad to have you. If you're joining us for the first time tonight, welcome. Just so you know a bit of a lay of the land, these mingle masks are so impressive, I just want to turn sideways to let you see that I am indeed wearing a mask. And we've equipped all our artists with masks because as much fun as it was to try to talk to you all through strictly our eyebrows last episode, it's nice to see people's lips move when they're talking. And wherever you are, I hope that you join us by participating in the episode through the chat function. Please let us know who you are, where you're watching from, and if you have questions during the episode, put them in the chat. Judith is watching the chat and will let me know via text so I can put some of those questions to our artists this evening. If you had a good holiday season, I'm glad. If you had a challenging holiday season, I hope things will be better for you in 2021. A couple movies to recommend that I really enjoyed it that I think are the, the quintessential holiday movies of our time. If you haven't seen the new Grinch who stole Christmas, no matter what denomination you are, you'll, uh, you'll appreciate Benedict Cumberbatch's performance in the new Grinch. And of course, the other quintessential holiday movie of our time, which I watched last night, is Contagion. Because it can always be worse. So if you're feeling a little bummed out about this tough situation we're in right now, I encourage you to watch Contagion. It uh, paints a much bleaker picture of what a pandemic could be. All jokes aside, our love goes out to the frontline healthcare workers and all those workers who during the pandemic have allowed us to live the lives that we're living. Those people that are in extremely challenging circumstances and though we have privilege unlike many other countries in the world, we still recognize the immense sacrifice that many people right here in our own province are making. So we thank you for your service. If you have not 
been a viewer or a participant in the last Sunday before, you may not know that the evening kind of falls into four pieces of pie, four parts. We have a brand new play written for this month, a rant, a hot seat interview, and a musical act. And tonight's musician, we'll hear from him two more times, Eric Melson in Regina, live from Creative City Centre. And tonight's ranter is no stranger to, well, ranting. Uh, every time I talk to him, I think he would be a great rancher. And tonight we have him here live at the Broadway Theatre. Day job, he is one of the co-artistic directors of La Troupe du Jour Theatre Company. But by night, and well, actually during the day, many times, he's ranting about this and that and everything in between. So as he's coming up to the stage right now to perform his rant about his COVID Christmas, his response to the current events of this past month, a round of applause for none other, none other than Gabrielle Gossner. Thank you, Joel. I, uh, it's regretful that you're out of your bubble. I could have given you a, a socially distanced hug. Well, let me just uh, remove this for clarity. Much better. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Completely unprompted. And uh, with that little bit of decency, dear friends, dear uh, viewers on the intranets, a simple courtesy, we've shared the same amount of intimacy we've shared uh, with most of our family members over the last few weeks. That uh, is the hard reality of celebrating in 2020. Social distancing. I have never had to show how much I care by keeping as far away as possible, though uh, some family members are thankful. Uh, under normal circumstances, I love the holidays, all of them. My favorite ho uh, holiday, however, is usually Thanksgiving, but mostly because it's like Christmas, uh, where, you know, we gather with family and there's a lot of feasting and drinking. Only it doesn't last two weeks and there's no gift exchanges. Uh, and, you know, who can disparage the act of giving thanks? This uh, strange year has me reflecting on whether the ranking of Thanksgiving is still, uh, still primes over Christmas in my book. After all, the pandemic has forced us to uh, be more spendthrift this year, which is probably a good thing. Uh, in many cases, we uh, prioritize the health and safety of those uh, we care most about. But after some thought, I, you know, I, I still feel some loss. Uh, things are different. I've never missed my boisterous French-Canadian family more than I do this year. Um, Distance isn't the only thing that's changed, of course, uh, because of the pandemic. For one, uh, family members are no longer just sharing Netflix or Crave or uh, Prime passwords. Now they're uh, trading Zoom information, which, you know, is notable. Uh, the men in our lives aren't receiving so many ties as gifts anymore, rather colorful undergarments that can't be caught from the camera of a laptop. So, that, you know, that's, that's probably positive. Uh, barring, of course, Jeffrey Tubin, little uh, political joke for you there. Uh, you know, some family members are still having a little too much to drink, of course, and uh, airing old family grievances, but it's much easier to mute them uh, online. 
Now, surely the uh, 2020 holiday season will stand alone in our collective memory because it stands out so starkly to years past, of course, uh, good or bad. Now, I don't want to focus on whether the differences are all bad or all good. Uh, in an effort to diffuse this uh, pandemic tension, uh, I want to focus on the lighter side of the pandemic. To that end, if you'll indulge me, um, I would like to revisit an old classic. Um, of course, uh, with uh, apologies to Clement Clark Moore. Bear with me. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring. They're all wearing masks. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that no family soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of Zoom meetings danced in their heads. And Mama in her bathrobe and I in my briefs had just put the kids down. It was quite a relief. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the couch to see what was the matter. Away to the window, I flew like a flash, tore open the curtains and covered my ash. The moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to my objects below. When what to my sobering eyes did appear, but a beat up skidoo and eight cardboard reindeer. With a groggy wet driver so chubby and thick, I knew that it must be my old Uncle Nick. More soggy than sponges, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and slurred all their names. Now flasher, now drunker, now putrid, now vixen. On vomit, on stupid, on Donian blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the front of the hall. Now crash away, thrash away, smash away all as sots that before their stomachs they spew, when they meet with an obstacle, stare at their shoes. So up to the drain pipe our guest made it to, with his sack full of bottles. Most were empty too. And then, in two thuds, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of some tipsy goof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down from the rooftop Uncle Nick fell in a bound. He was dressed all in plaid from his head to his foot. And his clothes were all torn up. He sure looked kaput. A heap of a man all splayed out on his back. And he looked like a peddler turned away with a thwack. His eyes, how they squinted. His frowning, how scary. His cheeks were so sullen. His nose like a cherry. His crooked old mouth was drawn down like a bow. And the beard on his chin was all covered in snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, was all broken now, it had a hole underneath. He had a broad face and a big round beer belly that shook when he heaved like a bowl full of jelly. He was scrubby and plump, a pitiful old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know that he was not quite dead. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and picked up his bottles, then turned with a jerk, and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod, up the driveway he rose. He sprang to his sled to, to, 
to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the launch of a missile. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Festivus to all, and to all a good night. Thank you. Gabrielle Gosselin. Gabrielle Gosselin, everyone. The rant is always a particularly favorite part of the evening for me because like all of the artists who perform at the last Sunday, we commission them to respond to the current events of the past month in whatever way they choose. So we never know if someone's going to go into verse or spit cinnamon hearts all over the stage like once happened with the rant or, or dress up in makeup. We, we welcome all inter interpretations of the current events of the past month. And this year, we are especially grateful to be live streaming across Saskatchewan and beyond. And we've had a couple people on the chat already. I encourage you to participate this evening by joining us on the chat, commenting on the chat. We had Lynn already from Illinois. I believe this is our first audience participant in the last Sunday from Illinois. Welcome, Lynn, saying her night just got better. Lynn, I don't know what you were doing before it got better. <laughs> but I'm so happy that it got better. And we had Roy from North Battleford asking, what are these masks called again and where do you get them? And Roy, until we secure a significant sponsorship from this company, I will not say the name again, and I will not say where you get them, but we'll let you know personally, Roy. And if you're watching Mask Company, get in touch with us. We can help each other get better. Speaking of support, we could not do what we do at some theater without the generous support of many different funders. And the arts are a critical part of our society and our province. So right now, I'd like to acknowledge the support of Sask Arts, the Canada Council for the Arts, and the city of Saskatoon. Round of applause for those funders. Additionally, I mentioned off the top of the show that we have partners across the province this year in Regina, Swift Current, North Battleford, and Prince Albert. And we could not connect with those partners if it weren't for the extreme generosity of Dr. David Edney. Dr. David Edney supports big ideas in theater in Saskatchewan. And I know you're watching from the comfort and safety of your own home tonight, Dr. David Edney. Dr. Edney, thank you for believing in us and believing that it's important to connect with people across our province who are active in the arts and social issues. Speaking of connecting, let's see if we can get Eric Melson up for another song. But before you sing, Eric, I'd like to ask you a few questions. And just like, you know, CBC and CNN and those other big networks like SUM, uh, we have a bit of a time delay that happens when we're talking to our partners across the province. So, so forgive us if there's a bit of a delay. Eric Melson at Creative City Centre in Regina, are you there? I indeed am here. How are you doing? I'm uh, 9 out of 10. That's pretty good. Like, what would it take to get up to a 10? Um, maybe two or three degrees warmer in the building. Building, probably easier than the province, but uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll talk to Tyler, and thanks to Tyler and the gang at Creative City Centre. We've got our Associate Artistic Director there, Judy Wenzel. Can you turn up the heat? Eric, while Judy's turning up the heat a little bit, 
Can you tell us a, a little bit about that first song you played for us this evening? Uh, that tune was the, the single of a record I released a couple years ago. Um, it's called Pack Rats. And it's, um, it's about the end of the night when uh, a band or I guess maybe theater people experience this too, when the show's over and you're kind of riding the high of the performance uh, provided it went well, of course, and you're packing up your gear and, and you're kind of making plans to, to go out and maybe celebrate. And it's just such a, if anyone who's ever experienced it, it's such a, it's such a light and a nice, nice natural high. And um, I thought it was nice to kind of infuse a little bit of um, lightness and positivity off the top. So that's why I went with that tune. You definitely achieved that. I love that tune. I'll be uh, looking for it online. Where can we find more about your music, Eric, if we want to follow along to uh, what you do after this episode? Um, so the songs I'm playing tonight come from a project called Del Suelo. Um, but I, I'm involved in a, in a handful of uh, different music projects. And so if you're on Eric Melson, I kind of broadcast all of the different things I'm working on from there. Just repeat that for us one more time, Eric. We had a bit of a technical glitch and we want to make sure that our, our audience members hear where they can follow you. Because it was like, if you're into my music, just listen to... <laughs> can you tell us that one more time? Sure thing. Uh, find me on Instagram at Eric Melson. That's E-R-I-K-M-E-H-L-S-E-N. I've heard of Instagram. A lot of the young folks are on it these days. Uh, so. <laughs> We'll definitely repost that on our social media. Eric, tell me one current event in your world, could be in Regina, could be in the province. What's something that you're thinking about this month? Uh, well, those who know me know that I think excessively. Um, and so uh, to narrow down to one subject would be difficult. But um, I guess oh, man. today when I was... Uh, making lunch, I was listening to the CBC and there was a bunch of uh, conversation on climate change. I'm always, uh, I'm always keeping one ear on that conversation. I think it's going to uh, be one of the most uh, interesting factors of our lifetime. So uh, I think about that every day. Thank you for caring about that as a fellow citizen of the planet. I, it uh, warms my heart when I hear people are actually concerned about our future. Uh, what do you have for us next, Eric? You're going to play another song right away, and then we'll check in with our partners in North Battleford and Prince Albert after we hear another song from Eric. But what's coming up next, Eric? I'm going to play a song called Press On, and uh, I released it as a single uh, under a project called Del Suelo um, a, a week ago. And uh, the, the sentiment of the song is that um, quite often any creative person or any dreamer uh, we we will defeat ourselves by the the, the enemy within, and um, so this song is just about anytime you come up against significant self doubt, just trying to convince yourself to press on and uh, keep going no matter what. And I feel like in the darkness of the moment, um, this this sentiment has been really important to me, and and hopefully it might uh, resonate with anyone out there listening. Thank you for that, Eric. Uh, it's really wonderful that you're sharing your music with us this evening. I'm grateful to meet you and to have you perform. And let's have a round of applause, whether you're at home or wherever you are. Press On by Eric Melson.
She knocks at my door, a pistol in her hand. I can't see the bullets, but I know what she got planned. She's here to kill the dream, just a once and for all. Around a leg to my head and watch this body fall. If this was back in time, I'd probably run and hide. But since I found the light, I ain't afraid to die. So she kicks in the door and my music starts to play. We look eye to eye and I say not today. Press on, stay strong. Kill that scorpion song. Press on. Thank you, Eric. What wise words to live by. We all need to press on on a daily basis, no matter what's going on around us. Thank you for sharing that. Just a clarification, if you joined uh, partway through the broadcast here, we had a couple people commenting on the chat asking, why are there people gathering at the Broadway Theatre? The Broadway Theatre is closed to the public this evening. It is just the Sum Theatre artists and their incredibly big hands making noise in the audience. So we have a small crowd of artists sitting socially distanced. That's the only people that are here. It's an online only event this evening. So thank you for your concern. Thank you for caring about our safety. But we are masked and distanced here in sparse numbers at the Broadway Theater. Before we go to the next portion of the evening, which is the play, I'd like to check in with one of our provincial partners, and that's Spark Theater in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Spark Theater, uh, we've got a small but mighty gathering of Spark Theaterites, Sparkers, in Prince Albert. Uh, who's there from Spark Theater? Do we have Roxanne and Craig or both? Uh, who's joining us from Spark Theater this evening? You're talking to us, and it, it seems by all intents and purposes that you're saying intelligent things. However, we're just going to try to fix our audio. Like all live theater, there's little glitches that happen, and we know you still love us when they do. So let's see if we can get some audio for Spark Theater in Prince Albert. Can you hear me yet? We can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> Here's our small but mighty crowd. Who's there tonight? Is that Roxanne? We've got Roxanne. Okay. This is Steph Lockinger. She's a local actor and dancer and choreographer. And she sits on the Spark Board of Directors as well. This is Adriana Boucher, actor, writer, playwright. Um, 
she's also on the board of directors and these two and one other are going to be in our next upcoming production hopefully in march uh if all goes well and of course craig langlois our technical director uh extraordinaire designer often so often for spark and we're just thrilled to be here and get out of the house at christmas a little bit and uh, put the cookies away you know you know, you never have to put the cookies away. It's an option. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so nice to it's so nice to connect with you. Of course, we we checked in with. Uh, sorry, Craig. What did you say? I just someone forgot the cookies, and we were looking for the safe manager. <laughs> it should be There's mandatory. No safe <laughs> Tell us a little bit for those of us in other parts of the province. We know that Spark Theater is very active in Prince Albert. For those of us in other parts of the province that haven't yet connected with Spark Theatre, tell us a little bit about what Spark Theatre does. Well, we're an independent company uh, and we, we certainly, we do two, uh, three shows typically a year. We, this year we did a, a project called Play in a Day where we had all the theatre companies come together and actually create in 24 hours plays that were adjudicated by Yvette Nolan. Uh, so that was really an awesome project. We have done um, a lot of, we're trying to elevate, I guess, the level of uh, theater in our city and make it sustainable for people because Prince Albert is a community that has not had a huge investment yet in the arts in terms of those kinds of companies. And so that's a, a really huge mandate is to create dialogue in our, in our community. And also at the same time, really explore conventions and uh, new ideas in theater and bring that to Prince Albert area and region. I think it's fantastic the work that you're doing Roxanne and Craig and your, your entire team there. Um, you, you mentioned dialogue, which is a beautiful segue. Couldn't have written a better one myself to what, what are the current events, even this month in Prince Albert? What would you say are the most important current events of the month in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan? Well, I would say, uh, obviously, the pandemic has, it dominates our current events. Um, but I would also say that there's been an ugly rise in some racism issues. Uh, I think that the pandemic pandemic actually divides us and challenges us. Uh, so I would say that 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 is prevalent. Uh, I would also say that there's a battle on science, <laughs> and um, and that's a frustrating thing. There's people that shouldn't believe that we need to be as cautious as we do. I would say the other big current event, and this is, a, this is obviously from my vantage point in the pandemic and our vantage point, is what it's doing to the arts and the artists and the arts ecology in our region and across the country and internationally. So the other hat I wear is the general manager of the Rollinson Center. And we are grateful for the grants we've had that have been a, enabled us to hire and pay artists 
Um, that's what we're working really hard to do. Same with Spark, you know, all the applications for grants to try to keep an anthropology once this is in our rear view mirror a little bit. Uh, that's truly my passion right now is to try to find a way for us all to survive and not just survive, but to eventually thrive again. That's just absolutely fantastic, Roxanne. And one of the things we want to do and why we appreciate you partnering with us on this project is that some theater knows the work of Saskatoon theater companies, but we hope that when the pandemic subsides and we can all be in person a little more, that we can take a trip up to PA and be at the, the Rawlinson Center, come and watch Spark Theater shows, and that Spark Theater shows might even move around the province. We're looking to establish a network of theater companies because now is the time, yeah. as JT has said, to build back better, right? We don't have to stay in our little bubbles unless we're zipped in. You we know, don't have I, to stay I, in I, our I bubbles. So I would like I know that we have, but I just want to say that, you know, we're doing Drowning Girls in March, um, hopefully. But I want to just say a big thank you to those uh, people in the other communities that have reached out to Spark and have really acknowledged the work that we're doing. It means so much to us to actually be validated by our peers and for people to be aware of the work we're doing. So I really want to thank you for bringing us in to this in particular project. We love you, Roxanne. We love you, Spark Theater. We're so glad you're, you're the mighty four of Spark Theater. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next episode, and we can't wait to see Drowning Girls coming up this March. Fingers crossed we'll be able to be in the bathtubs in March for Drowning Girls. Let, thank you, Roxanne, Craig, and the gang. Uh, let's go quickly for a quick hello to Donna Chalice, Battleford's community players. In, North, in Battleford, uh, let's see if Donna has had any bids on the painting from last episode. We had a great painting uh, that was lighting up the chat. If we can go to Battleford. Donna, are you there this episode with your painting? Just a slight delay here as we patch in Donna from Battleford. Donna, are you there? Hello, Donna. Donna, are you? How are you doing this yeah. evening, Donna? And if people wonder why we don't have masks on, we kind of reside together all the time. So, but this no, I haven't had any bids on the painting. Donna from Battleford. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's but allowed. Things are still perking along. We're waiting like everybody Donna. else. <laughs> Donna, you're being beamed up Sorry right now. That. that was feedback. Tell the yeah, aliens so we're, it's we're, all we're good down like here. Everybody else, for things to start improving uh, now that uh, there's a vaccine available and slowly moving across the country, we're, we're hoping we'll be able to get going again. So, but anyway, we're enjoying our time off, relaxing, uh, just taking it easy and getting ready to get back into theater real quick. Fantastic. And Donna, in the next couple months, we're hoping we're going to line up a, a Battlefordian playwright to write the play for the last Sunday episode. So I know you've been uh, talking with Crystal about that, and fingers crossed we'll have a Battlefordian playwright coming up in the next couple episodes. Thanks, Donna. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. 
she knows how to make the program better. While the actors are coming up to the stage, uh, I'd just like to say that the next part of the evening, the next part of the last Sunday, is the crown jewel of the evening. We are a theater company, and this is an, an entire piece of theater as far as I'm concerned, this performance of the last Sunday. But one thing we pride ourselves on is every month we commission a playwright to write a new play, specifically in response to the current events of this month. And so I, I like to imagine that this play might just be the newest play in the world. And we're especially happy to announce a new partnership this month with Hardly Art Theatre. You may know Hardly Art as the producers of the Shortcuts 10-Minute Play Festival. That deadline's coming up. If there's playwrights out there, Shortcuts Theatre Festival at gmail.com. If you want to submit or just Google Shortcuts Theatre Festival, Hardly Art is our new partner for making sure all these professional actors get paid, the playwright gets paid, and the playwright works with our company dramaturge, Yvette Nolan, over the course of the month to develop this brand new 10-minute play. So if there's any playwrights out there who are viewing this evening, watching or listening on the podcast afterwards, or any ranters for that matter, or musicians that want to be a part of Last Sunday, we're always looking for great Saskatchewan artists to be a part of our program. Drop us an email, sometheater.com. Find us on the Instagram, the Facebook, the tweet. <laughs> Without further ado, a brand new play, Saskatchewan's Pride and Joy, currently living slash stranded in Australia. Essie Grummet has written a play called Immediate Household. A kitchen of a share house, a small, sad-looking Christmas tree sits in the corner, a menorah with burned-down candles sits on the table. The on-hold music from the Canada Revenue Agency support line plays through the apartment like Christmas music. So what did your mom say when you told her? Oh, she laid on the guilt trip prefix. <sighs> Grandma's getting up there. What if this is our last Christmas with her? I just don't want you to look back and regret this. It's been a full-on five stages of grief. What stage is she at now? Oh, she fully still thinks I'm coming. She's been texting me nonstop, asking me to bring things. You're not going, though, right? God, no. Like, it's not that I don't want to, but like I told Mom, I'm still working at the bar, having to remind people that, no, you can't push those tables together, and yes, we are still in a pandemic. I see, what, like 100 people a day? I can't bring that home. Grandma's 96. How's it been? A table came in yesterday that just fully weren't wearing masks. And I had to serve them, because the owner's like, well, we need the money, so... Oh, that's hard. Yep. My parents went to Mexico, so... What? Really? Yep. Idiots. Miles. No, it's fine. Uh, they are. But, you know, you still worry. Yeah. What about you? How's your mom? She's all right. I think she gets it, you know? She said she didn't want me bringing anything up here. Just keep the COVID down in Saskatoon, all right? <laughs> but I think she's still sad, I guess. My brother and I were supposed to drive up last night, but we'll do a video call tomorrow. <laughs> Guys, it's fine. They still haven't... Nope. I'm sure your parents just need a little... It's fine. 
So, how's good old Santa land? Well, today, a Santa got in trouble because a woman complained that when she bent over to pick something up, Santa fully stared down her shirt. Ew. And then all the Santas got talking, oh, well, she probably had a huge rag, and, you know, he's, he's only human. Ew. <laughs> Mom, hi. No, I told you I can't. Oh, I think we've just hit anger. <laughs> Wait, does Santa wear a mask? I mean, yeah. And every single family complains about it. It's like, I'm sorry, Santa's not magic. He's actually an 80-year-old pervert who's high risk. But they just want to pretend none of this here happened. And, like, can you blame them? Wait, Santa's not real? <laughs> Don't you think I want to be there? Do you guys ever think about what would have been different this year if this all hadn't happened? Um, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess. Okay, like, what's something that happened that never would have without all this? Like, silver linings or whatever. Um, okay, I finally tried to make kombucha. Oh, we know. Jay, this is actually your intervention. No more jars filled with... Science experiments. It's called the mother. Oh, God. No, I mean, like, okay. So, for me, I would have never moved in with Brandy. And her amazing roommates. <laughs> of course. But, you know, two people forced together in the middle of a lockdown, that's, that's a lot of pressure. It could have ended terribly. <laughs> Just horribly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, um, I think it's going well. Like, Really, really well. All right. Yeah, sneaky little softy. Um, okay. Bride side to the dumpster fire that was 2020. I stood up to my boss and he got fired. I think you mean step down. Sure. It took a lot of Zoom calls and emails and boxed wine and calls with my therapist. Part of me is cynical and like, will it ever change? But I don't know. I also feel like I don't have to take this bullshit anymore, you know? And like, I did that. I'm really proud of you. Okay, I already know what Jay's going to say. Yep. Well, without Miss Corona, I would have never got my titties cut off. No more binders, no more bras. I can finally walk around shirtless at the beach. You already did that before. And <laughs> yes, it sucked. I couldn't lift my arms for a month. But luckily you had me, your super sexy nurse at your beck and call, cleaning your wounds, making you playlists, and feeding you spoonfuls of broth. And I am ever grateful. But, okay, seriously, thank you guys. To my sexy nurse! Oh, to your new nips, may they ever be lopsided. <laughs> what are we toasting about? Uh, Jay's nips. What else is new? They still feel nothing. Here, flick them. No, thank you. <laughs> Somebody, please, flick them. <laughs> nothing, totally decorative. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> to our parents, may they be safe wherever they are and whatever choices they make. And may they respect the ones we do make. To tearing down the white supremacy, one shitty boss at a time. To keeping all our serve money. <laughs> to this, there's no immediate household I'd rather be with. To found family. Happy roommate chris everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Woo! The hold music cuts out. The voice of a call center agent comes on. Thank you for holding. Please start with line 24 of your 2019 tax return. Hey, everyone, shut the fuck up.
Chapman. Thanks to Drew Mantica, Bobby Lee Jones, Jenna Berenbaum, and Milo Cameron for reading that new play. The actors rehearse immediately before the broadcast, so it just might be the newest play in the world. Let's go back to Regina live at Creative City Center with an audience of one Judy Wenzel and have one more song from Eric Melson. You can find Eric on Twitter. Eric, can you give us one more song this evening? I certainly can. Thank you very much. Okay, here we go. Uh, this song is about uh, just my deepest gratitude for all the good listeners out there in the world. And uh, it's been a long time since I've performed, so thanks to everyone who's checking it out. Do I say Mother and me Do I keep it at bay? Do I keep this down deep? Or do I scream and shout and try to soar this all out? hurt me through everything when no one's listening slow it down feet on the ground and in my mind it's you I find so let every choir sing Thank you. Oh, thank you. And thank you, Eric, for being with us this evening live from Creative City Center in Regina. We'll be posting your Instagram link on our social media so we can make sure your dulcet tones are circulated across our audience. Fantastic to end with the attitude of gratitude. Well, our uh, hot seat interview subject is making her way to the stage. Uh, I would just like to, again, welcome people who are watching and listening. To, to get in touch with us, uh, if you're interested in ranting, writing a play, being an actor, or even being a musical guest, send us a note, sometheater at gmail.com or through our social media. We would love to have new voices that we haven't heard from before featured on the episode. And if you are looking to recommend the episode to family or friends who weren't able to tune in live this evening, you can tell them that we now have a Some Theatre YouTube channel. So go to the YouTube to watch the full video. Or if you're like me and like to listen to podcasts while you wash the dishes and fold the laundry, 
You can find Some Theaters Last Sunday podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, or anywhere else where you find your podcasts, and feel free to listen in. Last but not least this evening, I want to make sure we thank the fine folks at the Saskatoon Public Library, who each week get in touch with us and find out from us what are the themes of the play, the rant, the music, and the hot seat, and then they compile a book list, a reading list. So you can go to the Saskatoon Public Library website, saskatoonlibrary.ca slash connections slash lists, and see the Some Theater Last Sunday book list compiled by real live librarians. No algorithms were used in the making of this book list. And then you can get some recommendations based on this episode to take out and read the old-fashioned way. And now, without further ado, a round of applause for a hot seat interview who's no stranger to Saskatchewan audiences. I asked her how she'd like to be introduced. She said, oh, probably, you know, either shit disturber or political hack. But a, a very intelligent and opinionated blogger, someone who's been on the show before back in 2017 to give us a year-end wrap-up. A round of applause for Tammy Robert. Tammy, thank you for joining us again uh, this evening. Thanks for having me back. Yes, well, it's uh, once every three years with you. Um, <laughs> That's how most people. Just because. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Tammy, before we get going with our, our year in, in review, and we will have time for questions, I've got my phone out for questions, so get on the chat and uh, fire in some questions to the chat. Judith will forward them along to me if you have questions for Tammy. We're going to cover the year in review in Saskatchewan. Before we get to that, you know, when you were a kid, was, was it like a dream to be a blogger? <laughs> no. No? No, my, um, my son said to me the other day something about how, uh, something about the olden days and Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, back in the square controller. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so, I mean, no, blogging wasn't on anybody's radar when I was a kid. Right. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Um, when I grew up? Or when I was a kid. <laughs> well, you, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? And then when you, when you grew up, what did you want to be? Sure. When you were a kid, how did you spend your time? I spent a lot of time in the library. Yeah. In J.S. Wood. And uh, I wanted to be a writer. You wanted to be a writer. Yeah. And so it kind of materialized just in a, in a way that wasn't uh, in existence at that time. Yeah. yeah. I used pen and paper, too. What is that? <laughs> I used pen and paper, too. I've heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, Tell us what your favorite thing to write about is, Tammy. Um, politics in Saskatchewan. Right, yes. And your blog, rsask.com. Uh, .ca. yes. Has been around for about five years. Uh, you write on and off. There's some uh, fascinating posts. And uh, mm -hmm. let's get right into it then. What, uh, if, we, if we went with the top three current events from 2020 in Saskatchewan, what would they be? Well, do you want to set COVID aside for a second and just talk about um, any, you know, anything but because COVID was um, present in everything. Yes. Um, except, I guess, right at the beginning of the year, there was um, talk of an election. Yes. And as we know, it happened in October, as it should have. And uh, that, I would say, was probably the top 
non-COVID story, though COVID clearly played a huge, huge role yes. in not just the timing, but everything from the issues to to the vote itself. Yes. Um, so I would say that was probably the top story. Okay. Um, the ODs and the um, harm reduction and uh, just this unbelievable crisis that, I mean, nurses and doctors and healthcare providers and addictions counselors have been trying to tell us for a really long time. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's ever going to get through at this point, um, but I hope so. Yes. So that would be this. That would be the second. Um, I knew I should have brought my notes up for the third. The no. third, I would say, would be Tristan DeRocher. Mm -hmm. um, now that I think about it, but right. yeah, and just again, the issue of suicide as a whole, whether or not the government should have put forward a strategy instead of yeah. their pillars of salt or whatever they, they were salt, right. <laughs> well, well, let's uh, go through each of those uh, news stories then and acknowledging, I like the way you said it, kind of COVID is above everything, it's woven through everything, it's impacted everything. So we'll come back to, uh, to, to the Rona uh, afterwards. Um, but one of the things I like about your blog and blogs in general is that they shed a little bit of light on the stories that we may not hear. So within those three things that you mentioned, and we'll go in reverse order from, from Tristan DeRocher uh, back to the election, um, what's the story that maybe the mainstream media is not talking about enough about each of those three things? So starting with Tristan DeRocher, is there an angle, is there something that you're thinking about uh, that story that maybe we're not hearing as much of? Um, no, I mean, not necessarily in respect to, first of all, I just want to, the media themselves um, are covering everything that they can. Yes. And so I want to be clear on that because they're, you're, what you're saying is that there's all kinds of angles that have been missed. Yes. And I think like we talked about, it'll take probably the greater part of a decade to tell the story of 2020 in Saskatchewan as it just pertains to COVID, never mind, you know, all of the other stories that aren't being told right now. Right. Um, the suicide, I mean, strategy and, and Tristan it just it's always flashed in the pan so what we're not talking about is the consistency but you couldn't of the of of pushing the issue um oh my goodness I forgot Black Lives Matter that's the one that I was going to well, so yes that can, is. While, while you're reflecting on that we've had a request our first request from the chat which is I think it's a friend or a family member said we can't we watched this show we sat through this whole show to see Tammy and she, we can't see her face. So just let's pivot towards the audience here. You've got a fan out there that wanted to see her face. That's creepy. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, sorry for the rest of the show. I'm up. Um, <laughs> so uh, Black Lives Matter, of course, was a, a big one. Yeah, I'm going to remember eight more. Yes. But that one I should, yeah, that one I shouldn't have forgot. When you say it's flash in the pan with suicides and with, with the important work that Tristan DeRoche uh, was was doing and trying to do. What do you mean by that? It's flash in the pan. Well, I certainly didn't mean his work is flash in the pan, but I mean the the emphasis and the attention that the issues get tend to revolve around these extreme um, measures that have to be taken to get it onto the to the public's radar. Um, so he obviously did a really good job of that. And what's the latest thing that's happening in that story? Uh, the Nothing. evolution of that story. Nothing. Nothing happening. 
Well, I mean, what he wanted, he's not going to get. The judge is being um, investigated or there's some kind of a procedural uh, something happening with him because he showed up. Uh, this is the judge in the in the case right. where the province tried to get him off their lawn, essentially, at, at Wascana. Yes. Um, and that judge who ruled against the provincial government, uh, he showed up at the... Uh, suicides, or not the suit that the teepee. And this that was, was on. This was after the ruling, after the trial. He showed up there. Yeah, so that's going to be an ongoing thing. Right, and and what do you think of that? I mean, he probably. Sh I think it actually will be a worthwhile ec exercise because it was a strange thing for a judge to do. I fully support him in doing it, mm. and I think he's probably a, a better judge for it. But I think that the process will probably be helpful for clearing up people's um, perceptions of his intent. Yes. Uh, Black Lives Matter in the context of Saskatchewan <laughs> in 2020. Just a small light question. But what, <laughs> what to you was unique about Black Lives Matter in our province? Um, you know, I think it is... Oh, God, okay. I, <laughs> I got to maneuver this very carefully. We have... Um, uh, it's ingrained and v entrenched and very uh, toxic issues with racism in Saskatchewan. And we had them, well, we've always had them. Um, so I struggled a little bit with the marches in, in Saskatoon and Regina um, because I don't think the missing and murdered Indigenous women marches, like I, I don't know, I didn't get out and count, but I think we have um, issues here that um, have maybe not had the same sort of glamorous um, affiliation. That being said, I mean, how do you, you can't condemn that or you can't say that what happened there was anything but amazing. And I'm proud that Saskatchewan actually picked it up because right now Saskatchewan doesn't feel like a very um, open place. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, in that sense, I'm very, very glad that that those who did participate here and promote the cause here did so. It was going to be a bumper sticker for the province for a while, that whole great place to live except for the racism, but it just yeah. didn't think it would, yeah. it would sell. Um, last thing you said was the, the election. Mm -hmm. Tell us uh, your opinion on the election. Again, acknowledging the traditional media does the best they can do. Um, What's, what do you think, was the election won by Scott Moe? Was it lost by Ryan Miley? Was it the outcome that we thought was gonna happen? Um, it depends on who you ask about what they thought was going to happen. I don't think anyone thought the NDP were going to win, um, but I would say that they probably thought they were going to do better. Um, a lot of, some of it broke down to math, just because the, lo the marginal losses were so, like, I mean, it's, it's not math, it's, it's votes, but it's, it wasn't landslide losses in some of the ridings that um, were bigger disappointment than others, like Riversdale and um, there was one in PA, I can't remember what it is, Nicole Reincourts yeah. and Jens Peterson. They managed to hold on to some of what they had, but they didn't. It was the NDP's loss, very much, and it, as much as I don't love admitting it, it was Scott Moe's win. Right. And we're he was the first one to remind us of that that night with his big honking win or whatever. He's very humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, were, there, were there any uh, moments
moments within the election campaign that you think are, are significant, uh, a turning point, uh, something that did or didn't happen that influenced the campaign? Well, anyone who reads my blog knows that I ended up um, paying some special focus on the car accident that Scott Moe had um, 23 years ago, or however, in 1997. Um, nothing there ever sat right with me. It just always seemed really odd the way it came up in 2017 and the way it's come up again. Um, but that one, I will say, and the media knows this because I've yelled at all of them for it, I was very disappointed in the way the media in Saskatchewan handled that one. I think that one was a serious character issue. And, you know, even in the year-end interviews, yes. um, you're not seeing anything. And Scott Moe hasn't apologized to Steve Balog. Um, and given that it was kind of a turning point a little bit in the election and just the fact that he probably should have by now, yeah. um, I'm surprised, you know, I was a bit surprised that nobody picked it up in their year ends. And, and just before we get to questions, remember questions on the chat, Judith will connect me to the uh, uh, chat via cell phone. Of course, if there's a, some theater artist who's participated in the evening, who's here, who has a question, we'll come to you in a sec. Why do you think the traditional media didn't pursue that issue in the way you think? they should have? Um, well, I don't think that there was, any, I certainly don't think there was any nefarious plot on the, um, on, you know, with reporters. They do what they're told and they have certain stories and quite honestly, there was not a lot of room for new, big, unwieldy stories during the election because they were still trying to cover COVID. Yes. Um, but I think there was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's heavy and ugly. And there was a real, there's a real fear of being perceived as politicizing somebody's death, even though, you know, one of the victims is essentially begging for some attention to be paid to the issue. Mm. Um, so there was just a distaste, I think, with reporters as well. And I'm not gonna say this in specific to that issue, but the government of Saskatchewan and the SAS party are two of the biggest advertisers in this province. They spend millions with advertising, and I'll just leave it at that, but that's not yes. going to get less important when next year when there's no money anywhere right, <laughs> for right, anything. Right. Uh, money talks. Money yeah. talks when you're in advertising. We have a question from one of our artists who's here this evening, one of our socially distanced artists. Yes, a question from the audience. I will repeat the question after you share it with us just so those on the live stream can hear it. So, so two questions there from, from Gabrielle, our, our ranter, and I'll repeat them just so those at, at uh, home can hear them via the live stream. Um, the first was, what do you think it would take uh, for the current government to be defeated at the polls? You said it's math, and you described yourself as a political hack, so you've got some insight into this. What would it take, and, and or, whichever order you want to take them in, what would it take for them to take action on the issues that you, Tammy, brought forth as the top issues of 2020? in Saskatchewan. So whichever order you want to take those uh, two questions in. Well, I mean, it, what it'll take is um, 
a full-blown implosion because people don't vote for what they want anymore. They vote for what they don't want. They vote against. They don't vote for. So, I mean, Ryan Miley, like, basically had sunshine and rainbows coming out of his ass during the, the campaign. And they, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter because people remember and feel, you know, they, they, the pushback these days before they feel like embracing change for hope's sake. It was a really bad time for that. Yes, yes. Other questions either from our artists here or from the chat? We're calling out for questions for Tammy. That was the question about the election. What would it, what would it take for them to act, um, the issues that you mentioned on uh, overdoses, for example? What do you think it would take this current government to, to act? We had uh, an interview guest a few months ago from Prairie Harm Reduction talking about this very situation. Um, what do you think it would take for some action to happen? It's not going to. It's not going to? Really? Mm -mm. They don't, I don't think they will. Why do you say that? You, they, they There's nothing in it for them politically. Like even with the, even with the number of families that have been um, impacted, yes. it's still an issue with predominantly people who don't vote for them or they don't see the political value in them. And I'm sorry, I know that's harsh, but I see the SAS party right now as purely transactional. Purely transactional, our current government. Uh, any other questions just calling from the chat? Um, one thing we talked about at the beginning, and I think you put it really nicely, COVID will take maybe a decade, maybe more, to be sorted out in terms of the impacts and stories. Mm -hmm. um, are there any surprise impacts that are happening right now that we weren't expecting. Uh, what's happening because of COVID? And it could be the issues that we're talking about are related, related to those issues. But what are the, the beginnings of those threads that are gonna take 10 years to sort out? Probably the legal. I think that there'll be lawsuits um, provincially. I think, well, the provincial government will get sued six ways from Sunday, as will extended care. And I think that the legal mess will go on forever. Um, I think that the division this has caused in our province, this, like, I can't even imagine telemiracle right now or something like that because I just feel like a brawl would break out. <laughs> like, it just feels that negative. Right. That would be funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> a telemiracle brawl, right? Like, on the stage speaking, with the phones. Speaking of advertising and marketing, you know, like, uh, uh, definitely an option. Uh, uh, Anything else, unexpected uh, unexpected threads of stories that are coming out of, of COVID? I don't know how much is unexpected right now. I think it's still like, it's just so incredibly early. Um, I know that the coroner's office has refrigerated trucks in Regina now in Saskatoon, which isn't public, but it probably will be shortly. So we're gonna start to see that, like it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, I don't think we've even, I, I couldn't even identify threads right now because they're not even threads yet. They're just little right. <laughs> fibers. We're, we're still in the fiber stage. Yeah. Um, one more question here from the chat, uh, Tammy. Are you finding uh, the navigation of social media more difficult since COVID started? Yeah, well, whoever asked that question probably knows that I quit social media. You quit social media? <laughs> yeah, okay. I quit. Yeah, I did. I quit. Um, no, they probably don't know that. I don't know why I think they would know that, but it's timely because I did quit yes. um, Twitter. 
because it's a cesspool and a total waste of my time at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've already noticed like a huge difference in my life just after not being on it for a week. Um, Was there a particular day or moment that you quit and or reason why? No, but it started getting really bad um, after the SAS party won their landslide. It enabled and emboldened a lot of real assholes, quite honestly, um, who kind of think they've got the world by the tail right now. Mm. Um, and it just like it's just if you if you, we know how bad it is in around our kitchen tables and our families are fighting with each other. Right. Um, of course, like social media is just and I wasn't a good person on it either. Like I just got on there and I didn't I just told everyone to fuck off and logged off again. Like I wasn't I wasn't contributing anything anymore. Right. So and uh, yeah, the difference is incredible. Like I'm not constantly dipping into that reality and then back to reality. You've noticed in one week, you've already noticed a difference. Yeah. Wow. Uh, someone from the chat just, uh, what do you mean by a telemiracle brawl? Uh, <laughs> uh, please. Uh, hopefully not someone from telemiracle. Uh, uh, but we, we love term, can you just clarify, uh, please expand. Uh, what oh my God. Okay, obviously that was a joke. Right. Um, <laughs> the point is that, in Saskatchewan, we love we love Telemiracle because it makes us feel very very good about ourselves, and rightly so. It should. Yes. Um, I just I don't know if it would feel the same this year because it, of the tension in the province right now. It probably would, but yeah. yeah, I took that a little far with the brawl. But well, you, you know, never know. You're a blogger. You're allowed to blog even uh, orally. So. I but it also goes to show how. Um, <laughs> like sacred telemiracle you don't screw it it does and, and we're, we're wrapping up so if there's any last questions here but it, it does strike me as interesting that thing you said we like to do things that make us feel good mm -hmm. about ourselves about ourselves but not so much things that make us feel other things like what well, well, you talked about um, uh, fear, for example, at the start of the interview. Mm, nobody wants to feel fear. Nobody yeah. wants to feel fear. Yeah. So what is it going to take to bridge that gap for me to start to be okay, me as, as not as me, the, the interviewer here, but me as a Saskatchewan citizen? What's it going to take for me to start being okay feeling different things other than good about myself? Um... Like, what, like, are you saying what will it take for the average Saskatchewan person to recognize that maybe we have a bit of a problem on the attitude front? Or? Yeah, I, I guess is there any is there any hope in this situation? Is there any hope that people will will feel will be okay dealing with these difficult things that you're you're recapping for us? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, it was, we've survived. Like, we have it really good here, especially on the pandemic front. Like, we are like we have to what stay on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> put a piece of fabric on our faces like I think that would hopefully be one of the bad takeaways was we actually have a really great life here um, but there's just other aspects of it that like it's not just money that creates that life and it wasn't money that created that life in Saskatchewan in yeah. you know whenever it started <laughs> well said so maybe recognizing what we have uh, is a way to 
to solve the problems that we all Well, have. be grateful for what you have, because yeah. even if your truck isn't 40 feet off the ground, you can still have a decent life. Right. <laughs> you should see Tammy's truck, right? <laughs> I, I, I do actually have a jacked up truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a souped up truck. Uh, what, what gives you hope personally, Tammy? Um, my kids and like Netflix <laughs> right now, <laughs> right now I'm not, I'm just not really focusing that far ahead because you can't travel always gives me, gives me hope, but I can't do it. So I guess that's not the answer you're looking for, but maybe thinking about it. I go on Expedia still just for, just like poor. <laughs> Live vicariously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. of applause for Tammy Roberts. Thank you very much, Tammy. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, you can check out Tammy's blog, uh, rsask.ca. We'll put a link to that and make sure uh, that link is active on our social media. So you heard it here from Tammy, the, the big issues of 2020. We're looking ahead at another year. And I acknowledge at the beginning of the program that this uh, pandemic has been extremely difficult for healthcare workers, uh, for people that have lost loved ones and friends. Uh, but hopefully also it has given us some perspective. And as we wrap up 2020, I think it's important not just to say, you know, screw you this horrible year, but to maybe look at some of the things that Tammy said and look at what we do have as a province and as a people. And maybe hold on to that acknowledgement of what we have as we look towards and work towards a better future. Uh, as always, we like to point out at the end of these episodes that we are a charity. Some theater accepts donations so we can continue doing what we do. No pressure to give a certain amount, but if you think that what we do in connecting people is uh, important, we do ask you to consider making a donation via Canada Helps on our website. It helps us keep the work we do free, not just for you, but for everybody. And if you consider being a monthly donor, all next year, I guarantee that each month you'll feel good when you see our name on your credit card statement. And we'll feel good when we see your money coming into our bank account. <laughs> but it's not about the money, it's about the art. And thank you for being with us here this evening for the last episode of 2020. We'll be back here at the Broadway and online on the last Sunday of 2021 January. And we hope you will be listening or watching with us. Thank you. Take care out there. We are some theater. Thanks for listening to the Last Sunday podcast edition. Please check out the show notes for information about the artists and our team and visit sometheater.com. That's S-U-M-theater.com for more information on everything that we do. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us again.